Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that has as many fans as the Bills will have in attendance this year. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And if you answered zero, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're hate listening to it. Um, but yes, the the per state uh, mandate by Andrew Cuomo, uh, no sporting events will have fans in attendance this year in New York State, uh, which if you ever needed a reason to know that the Jets and the Giants don't play in New York, this mandate does not affect them. But it does affect your Buffalo Bills. Uh, <laughs> now, Orchard Park will have no fans. Um in attendance for any games, despite New York being amongst the better places to live in the United States with regards to, excuse me, at least infection rates with the coronavirus, if not necessarily personal freedoms. Um, I suppose that given that that's a governmental mandate coming directly from the governor, that could change if things uh, change. But as of right now, 2020 is out. You're done. You're not going. Um, I wonder if that includes like guests of the team that they could bring and sit to watch the game. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like maybe Yeah, maybe. like the normal the normal like sideline crowd of retired players and corporate sponsors and stuff. I'm sure they can be got into the stadium. That that will happen. Right. But, that, but it's you know, at some point it'll be it, like the league is gonna I mean, I don't know, maybe the league won't crack down because it's kinda like I mean, who's who's to say you can't just bring in more people? You got a whole stadium; they're not going to be sitting next to each other. So yeah, right. I mean, but New York State might, but I mean, we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that. Yes. Now, to, as comparison, <laughs> I've seen some stuff like the Ravens intend to do a quarter of capacity, twenty-five percent capacity for football games. Um, Jacksonville too, I believe. Jacksonville, yeah. yeah, Jackson. So the Jacksonville Stadium has been hosting AEW wrestling for the last few months because Tony Khan owns both and they've sort of like, you know, converted their, and nobody's going to watch the wrestling other than the other wrestlers, but that's happening at, at the, at the Jacksonville stadium, um, at least sometimes. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it won't be uniform throughout the league. Um, we can also talk about, I guess, some of the, the bills, not just the bills, the NFL's sort of guidelines on the coronavirus response, which might come into play here. But let's go to most recent Buffalo native Paul <laughs> to get us started on uh, his feelings on no fans at the game and uh, just sort of any place you want to you want to take this. This is our open. We're going to start with the open coronavirus topic <laughs> here, uh, with with the fans attendance issue. Yep. And when when this all started to happen, I'd mentioned it, the NFL had one advantage, which is it is that it could kind of see what other leagues are doing, specifically baseball is is and use that as a guinea pig. Like, what are they doing that's working? What are they doing that's not? And we know that that baseball and hockey are going to be doing limited venues. Hockey, they both set dates for starting and restarting their respective seasons. Uh, they, they're, they have an example on how to do testing, but the thing that the NHL and major league baseball both will have in common are no fans in attendance. And I think, you know, Frank had mentioned that New York state is doing better than other states. I think one reason they are is because they have generally been more cautious. And I think cramming 70,000 people into a stadium, 
you know, would not be helpful. Uh, I think that would just immediately cause a problem. And then, of course, you could do the 25% capacity thing. There are so many logistics to sort out with that, with who gets, you know, first dibs, where, how many people are seat apart. If you're in a group of nine, is that okay? If you all live, you know, if you're all related, I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's so much to do there. It's almost easier to say no fans other than, uh, as you guys mentioned, potential corporate sponsors, old players, those sorts of deals showing up. So I think from a competitive standpoint, as much as we talk about, you know, the Bills 12th man and, and the, the players off talk about how great it is to have them in the stadium. And I'm sure it absolutely is. Yeah, Bills last year had a negative split, right? They were four and four at home and six and two on the road. So obviously the home field advantage was not that big of an advantage and that they actually performed better overall uh, in front of a hostile crowd than in front of a friendly crowd. So I don't think it's going to have too much of a competitive impact on Buffalo specifically. I do believe it's it is the the right move to be cautious with this thing, especially as we see the numbers spiking nationally again at this point. And again, in terms of case counts, the the death count right now is steadily increasing, which kind of worries going to means it's going to explode as well. Mm -hmm. But I I I agree that this is the right approach. Don't have fans in the stand in New Era Field or whatever we're calling it now, because I guess New Era is about to be canceled as a brand. Uh, oh, did they the, do something? They didn't do. It's how they have handled their Buffalo employees. Uh, like they essentially okay. took a lot of uh, PPP money, and now they're still firing a bunch of people like months oh. later. And so the county executive is no longer wanting to call it New Era Field. Anyway, that's another story for another well, day. Well, that's a good. That's. I mean, I don't know. Or that's, today. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but I, I, and I don't want to monopolize too much more time before we move on to Scott's opinion on this. So I'll just note, I, I generally agree. I think being cautious and for right now, having no fans, unless something changes within the next two months or throughout time that makes it more acceptable to have fans. Uh, I'm, I'm cool with this approach. I mean, I think it'll be, an, uh, uh, I mean, first I will stay with, um, they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Um, that is your airplane reference for this particular podcast. <laughs> Maybe there'll be more. Um, but um, the no, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see because I mean, Cuomo can make that go away anytime he wants on some level. Like this is all his right. kind of unilateral I do authority. It, yeah, I think it but is. He could by decide bandit, yeah. Halloween, like we, we've made it through, whatever. Um, <laughs> let's go to twenty five percent or thirty or whatever or bills come up with a plan or, you know, it's not impossible that that those are things that happen or God forbid, you know, if the bills actually made it, got a home playoff game at some point, like you know, we'll be in January by then, who knows what the, the situation will be in some ways it'll be worse. Cause it'll be, you know, kind of the, the rumor is that's when the, the real second wave will hit, which is kind of hilarious to think of now, hilarious in a kind of grotesque way. Um, but uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, and, and I would say, I, I guess I'd, I mean, the record is the record, sure, but like I think over over time you find that home teams generally do better, and I'd say especially in football where there is a, a communications difference to being in a home stadium where you can talk on third downs and have a normal snap count versus having to do it with silent counts and more kind of concentration and, and the hot routes become a little more complicated and, and you know, those, those kind of verbal and, and, and nonverbal communication becomes more uh, more important. 
So I, I think there would be an effect of the fans not being there, but it's going to, it will, it will almost in all certainty apply to all the other teams as well. There's almost no team that's going to be say, probably there's no team. The bills would the bills be the best in the best situation as far as NFL teams right now, in terms of like coronavirus being in their immediate vicinity. Hmm. Maybe I've got it. Yeah. I got to start thinking. I, I mean, like Boston, out, maybe they've done. Yeah. Okay. New York, I mean, like ripe. the, the Jets and the Giants, like obviously, like Jersey is at like zero transmission. Like that's what that guy was saying the other day. The governor, he's like, like they're they're in single digits, so they might be they might be okay in that area too. I know Pittsburgh got a lot of worse. Uh, the Times is talking about a spike there, and I can't imagine that there's. I mean, maybe Washington State. I don't know, maybe Seattle, but but the, anyway, the point is 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 it'll be interesting to see if there are any competitive things and if the league starts saying like. Well, if no one has any fans in their stadium, if if certain teams can't have fans in their stadium, then no one can have fans in their stadium. That would be an interesting kind of competitive because it'd be yeah. one thing to like have like a playoff game at home, like with your fans there versus a versus another team playing a different team and their fans weren't there. The other, you know, the opposite right. basically that would almost certainly be kind of a, a distinction in competitiveness, but it would mm-hmm. also be hard for the commissioner to tell that owner, no, you can't make that money from selling those tickets. Even if your state's mm-hmm. allowing it, like that'd be tough. It's one thing for the training camps I where think it's, that, it's yeah. competitive and, and there's no, there's no money made from the training camps really. So, right. I think that there is almost certainly a gate split. So I wonder if the owners even care from that perspective in that, like, okay, well, I'm I'm at least getting forty percent of whatever the Baltimore gate is when we play Baltimore on the road. Um, not oh, that, okay. Yeah. So yeah. right. So they're getting some percentage of that as the visiting huh. team. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, and and certainly more money is more money, but like they're mm-hmm. getting something. Um, and who knows? Maybe they're the owners have revenue sharing. I mean, I would think if I was at a minimum as like an owner, I'd be going, well, there needs to be revenue sharing. Then if if not, all teams can be treated equal. We sort of have yeah. to put this all money in the pocket and do that. I think it's interesting with regards to playoffs. I think that is a excellent point, particularly where they depending on where they are. Um, I think that some of the issue is that I think that that's like, are they at a competitive advantage? I don't know. Do I want to like I feel like the benefit of playing at home where things are good is outweighed by the 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 the, the scary factor of guess what? You got a road game in Miami and good luck, <laughs> you know, because nobody in Florida seems to give a shit. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd like to reiterate at this point that if somebody were to saw off Florida and let it float and be its own island, there's about three people I would miss. Um, all of whom I would let come live with me eventually, um, you know, and the rest of the, you know, sorry, I know a lot of you New Yorkers moved down there, but get out of here. Um, Seattle also has a disputed zone, so it depends on if the games, that should be like the, the Ooh. if we played Seattle this year, maybe it should be know. like, you're, it's in police, the jazz. you're in the police free, like disputed well, zone. Well, they broke of that Seattle. up because all everybody got shot. That's the problem there. I but know. maybe we could reinvigorate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We could reinvigorate that. Maybe we could say something borderline like troublesome, and then and then we'll, <laughs> we'll be the podcast getting canceled. Um, 
we do. I think we do play the Seahawks this year. We do. I think we play. Man. Oh, is it's it at not, Seattle? I thought we were. In it is. Yeah, I'm, I well, got it says. It'll schedule. I believe you. I, I have it. I, I mean, I've sometimes I transcribe these things wrong when I write them down, but I do have it. I had one already picked out for Seattle, but I can move that one to another one if we want to. Well, we, I'll, that's, I'll next, leave, that's next time. I'll I'll definitely obviously leave that to you. See, uh, Seattle Bills. Oh, I have uh, that. Oh, they're Buffalo. in Buffalo. They have them in Buffalo, but they could they could always bring their disputed police zone with that's them. That's true. Um, okay. <laughs> well, before we. Uh, idiot. All right. Uh, so stupid. Um, ah. um i i guess what we could move to quickly is just general impressions of the of the of the nfl's coronavirus policy which seems to seems to it strangely seems to be a reflection of the united states in that it's a collection of things that don't all work together um it's it's a lot of like some people have to wear sideline masks on the sideline and other people don't and you don't wear masks while you're playing, but, you know, don't exchange jerseys. Yeah, don't exchange jerseys. And, and they're, it's not like they're going to all be wearing these full face shields while they're playing either. So, right. you know. It, well, that's still, still, I think that's still under debate exactly what, what's going to be there. And some people can opt out. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess, you know what, if you want, I guess it's, a lot of it's still under debate and the Players Association is arguing um, we can table that until there's an actual COVID-19 response. Um, but certainly viewing it in light of the NHL, the NBA, the NBA, which seemed to have the earliest plan and also seems to be like the one most likely to just not play is is crazy. Um, the NHL sort of having like a terrible plan and like looking like they're just going to go ahead and baseball. I mean, Scott, you know, and I don't mean to bring up a sore subject, but you know, Paul and I were looking forward to the victory lap of 2020. Were you? More <laughs> we I were. Didn't... We were looking oh. forward to this victory lap of the, for the Nationals and the one, you know, to open up against the Yankees. Like that sounds like that's a dream. I love that. And I am frightened and do not want to watch baseball this year. And so that's the question I will ask. Thinking about how other sports are already doing it. Are you looking forward to football in the fall? Because I don't think I am. I think that right now I'm still in like the suspension of disbelief. But I think as it gets closer, I'm not going to want to watch it. I think I think I'm going to have moral qualms. I think I and I'm not being facetious or um, just playing devil's advocate here. I think I'm going to struggle with the idea of watching football this year because I think it's going to be. You know, I'll have a. I will have an understanding that this is perfect. These are professionals that seem to have the ability to make this choice for themselves and not. And I, and I want to respect their rights to do that, provided that they are treating the rest of the community uh, with respect. Um, And on the other hand, I, I just like, as I think about baseball, I just think about, God, this sounds like a mess waiting to happen. And it's going to affect a lot of people I have come to care about from a distance. And, you're, and baseball, too, there's a lot – that's a sport with a lot less close contact. I mean, you only – the yeah. first baseman will have a lot more close contact. Your catcher. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just players converging on fly balls is really the only thing you're going to see. 
where they get close. But even still, we if we've seen based on the COVID numbers uh, spiking in baseball, then it's going the wrong direction. It is, but it's that, and it's also then you go back to the dugout and you're training with yep. people, and so it's only a matter of transmitting to one person. And if it's the wrong person, if it's you know this super spreader thing, then and since I brought up baseball, Paul, why don't you give me your thoughts on it first? I mean, it, yeah. when it goes south, it goes south quick. And it takes a while to pull it back. So, I mean, feel free to open up about baseball or your thoughts on 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 football, and then we'll we'll switch over to to Scott, who is a fan of the Braves, and I'm not even sure if that name will be around by the time baseball starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a great topic we'll be addressing later. Yes. Yeah, it's this is this is so difficult an issue. I am uh, I I'm certainly not completely opposite. Frank, on this issue. I do think with society, though, you are going to have to, as uncomfortable as it is, take some chances as far as transitioning back toward a civilized society, because uh, Scott is probably the best historian among us, but things that tend to kill societies tend to be, financial collapse is something that has led to the collapse of uh, societies and how they've existed. And so we have to be conscious of not of that not mm. going too far down the road but when you do that you also have to be very cautious because otherwise yeah you're going to get you could get the super spreaders causing this you know just to all of a sudden death spiking everywhere uh god forbid mike trout dies baseball will have to die with it because mike trout is baseball but that's another oh. another story for another day um you know this is i i think that i think all leagues I'm okay with their approach, recognizing that there are going to be conflicts in that because we as a society don't even fully understand this virus yet. Right. Um, and I, history is going to smack me in the face looking bad if these leagues all attempt to restart and a bunch of people die because of it. Uh, right now, though, I'm feeling like these are chances we simply have to take with a huge caveat that you also have to take these precautions of expose, you know, doing the best you can with social distancing with masks and to do regular testing and keep people uh, safe. So I am actually, I recognize every single pertinent risk that Frank mentioned that I think it, all of those are inherent in what they're trying to do here. But I also think there is a need to try this out rather than waiting a year for, you know, a, a vaccine to become widely available. And over to Maybe. Scott. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the problem is that there is no guarantee that there is going to be a vaccine. Yeah, sure. There is no guarantee that anything is going to get better ever. I mean, and that's that's the the kind of the sad, crazy part. I mean, on some level, like in the history of life on this planet, there have been things that have killed a lot of things. But usually those have been like asteroids and climate change and stuff, not as much like diseases where there's a little more kind of resiliency and, and things built in and antibodies and things like that. So on some level, like it's probably not going to be the end times, but you know, you never really know. This could be the stand in which case we, our problems are just beginning. Um, but you know, the, the bigger, I mean, so yeah, so I, I guess the, the short answer is if you're not really sure when anything's ever going to get better, then you're kind of stuck because you can't just kind of, keep on putting all of society in the deep freeze under the hope that it will get better at some point. And I think 
there are certainly precautions and things that you need to do to do that. And if that means, and it may not, and it may mean that the NFL doesn't play because it's not fair for some teams to, you know, get forfeited a bunch of wins or teams can't play their schedule because there's things quarantined and maybe the whole thing just blows up halfway through the season. Like I, I think that's the, the biggest thing that I would want to hear the NFL kind of say is like, just because we've started this doesn't mean we have to finish it. Like there, mm-hmm. just because we started a football season doesn't mean there has to be a Super Bowl. Like I want there to be a Super Bowl, and we all want there to be a Super Bowl. But if it can't get done with us playing, if we can't six, if we can't get, you know, whatever the minimum amount, like ten games in, before, you know, over the course of the next eight months, because at this point, spring football, why the hell not? Colleges are already talking about it. It's it's just a good idea. It's a good idea as anything at this point. Um, you know, if we can't get all those things done, then then let's let's we don't have to keep going just because we have to try and win a championship. But that said, I I feel like there is value in giving it a a, a bit of a shot. And I I guess I would I'd put part of it in like, you know, there are going to be I view it as like each team has a finite number of people who are going to be involved and coming in. And right. A fair amount of those people are actually people who probably need those jobs. Like, sure, the the NFL can say, like, we'll pay the checks of all the players because those are collectively bargained. But there's trainers, there's medical staff, right. there's game day people who probably don't have that kind of money just lying around. And, yeah, the, it'd be great if the owners were all class acts and, you know, paid those guys either way. But on some level, like that's not how society works. Like, like we can't, unfortunately, like we're, yeah, we're at some point everyone runs out of money. Like that's, that's the problem here. So it, yes, it'd be great if they didn't, but on some level I'd be okay with, Hey, you know, there are the, the other part of it is I think there are probably going to be cases where there are car factories, um, you know, other large enterprises that have fixed locations have, 200 300 people coming into a large business large building where Mm -hmm. they have to keep the lights on or do something power plants whatever it is those places come in and do stuff and yes football is probably not as important as a lot of things but you know making cars or you know building tvs or whatever the other you know kind of pick your non-essential industry like those things are starting in in many places so it's probably it's probably not fair to say like this particular industry can't and that's that's the thing is if it's not if it's if it's fair in some places it may not be fair in all the places and that's I think the biggest concern is that if Buffalo's okay that doesn't mean Florida's okay and then I don't know what we're doing here so <laughs> oh boy uh yeah no I um uh... I know I'm not going to go down the road I want to go down. Never mind. Because then I'll just be a communist and 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 labeled as such and uh, and all that. But I think that I, I I do agree, and I think I said at the outset that just like you know, as groups of like we've just started our family bubble with another family, you know, for the first time since this started, honestly. And um and so I I understand that like threading people together as part of how society is going to work. Part of me is also just sort of sick of this larger narrative of well it's all going to fall apart if we don't do that it's like mm, like the, the there there are people who are going to suffer but 
on another level, yeah, you know what? Money's a construct on another level. And like, it's, it's something that we do that you, that's useful. And, and in, in, in extraordinary times, it should never be more valuable than life. And so, yes, I think I agree. Ultimately the NFL should be allowed to do these things. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just, it's sort of cringeworthy. And you know what, if we don't make some new cars, like maybe those people shouldn't have to, you know, engage in the commerce in the same way until we kind of figure this out. Um, anyway, there are, there are vast threads. It goes, it goes very deep, much deeper than we're going to cover here, uh, in a brief touchstone on whether the bills are going to have fans in the stadium. Um, but something we can all have an opinion on is Cam Newton going to the new England Patriots because that's just good old fashioned football gossip. And, uh, here we go. Um, I, I, my favorite, uh, opinion so far on this is that both he and Cam Newton and Tom Brady wear uh, strikingly similar suits, but that there's a there's a good chance that Cam Newton will be criticized for wearing his loud suits in Boston <laughs> in a different way than than Tom Brady ever was. Um, but the the, the <laughs> former <laughs> yes the former MVP uh, who has some stuff left in the tank or one would still believe is going to go to you know a team with a good defense and some stuff and of course a a, a a Hall of Fame, you know, first round coach, um, the you know, if you believe in like the legacy kind of stuff, he's going to a franchise that uh, undoubtedly has been run well. I, I, I think it's uncontroversial to say that the Patriots are better for having Cam Newton. Um, I think that it's a good question about whether they're better than the Buffalo Bills, though, which I think before the Cam Newton signing. Like the division title would have been like it would have been fire people territory if they somehow blew the division title um, with the three teams as constituted um, the 14, the three other teams in, in Buffalo. Now with Cam Newton, I think that makes it a tighter race. Scott, do you think uh, that the Patriots have an edge here or do you have any thoughts about Cam going going to the Patriots. He's certainly not Brady. Like he's a very different quarterback. So they're going to have to change their offense. But um, what do you what do you yeah, take away from this? I mean, it's 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 just super frustrating, and it's 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 because it's like, yeah, I'm, I know. I mean, I think he's I think he definitely makes the team better. I mean, I think you know compared to Brian Hoyer, or Jarrett Stidham, yeah, he's fucking better. Uh, <laughs> like even if he's out going out there and in, in with one arm and one leg, he's probably better than those guys. So. Um, no, I mean, I think there's no way, I mean, I think at best now you're, you're in a dogfight for the division. Like, I, I think it's, I think, um, I think the Patriots were always going to lean more on the run game. They were leaning more on the run game last year. Um, and the bills, you know, kind of lost two close ones. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're going to be close ones again this year now, you know, it's not going to be where, you know, the Bills can get can get 10 points and the Pats just can't get there because their defense, because their offense is, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Um, they're going to be able to do some things. You're going to have to work out, you know, him scrambling. Uh, you're going to have to, he's got a better long ball than either one of those guys. So it, it definitely changes the game as long as he's healthy. Now, obviously, that's kind of the reason why he was available was because, He's he hasn't been healthy in a year and a half or maybe even two years, two plus years. Um, so you don't root for guys to get hurt, but it's kind of like that is the way that this doesn't work for the Pats is he gets hurt. 
because he's obviously on a salary that's completely unsustainable for a guy of his caliber and his his record mm-hmm. um his his QB record so it's not um that's really the only way this doesn't work for the Pats is if he gets injured now that could certainly happen um obviously uh you know football's a rough game and he's not getting any younger um but hopefully Tom Brady took all of his plyometric stuff with him <laughs> when he went to Tampa Bay and Cam doesn't figure out that like whatever uh magic potion that Tom used to stay healthy all these years uh, he took with him and, um, you know, he Cam Newton obeys the laws of normal quarterbacks and he gets older and more decrepit with time. And maybe he just got a little accelerated because the way he played um, going into the league. So, I mean, I'm, 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 it's a, it was, it was a real bummer when I saw that and I continue to think it will be. So, um, you know, that's it. Yep. Same, very similar feelings to Scott. I think uh, I don't want to diss Jared Stidham too much though, because if I do, he'll be the next Tom Brady because we didn't know who the hell Tom Brady was in 2000. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, the, the thing is, it's not even like the Patriots need cam to be 2015 NFL MVP cam. If he is 2018 cam Newton, which mind you was the season before the last one who battles with injuries a bit, but still starts, you know, 14 games, still throws for almost 3,400 yards, 24 TDs, 13 interceptions, <laughs> uh, you know, 242 yards a game, a 94.2 QB rate, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's better than Josh Allen's it. numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all better than Josh Allen's numbers. And the Patriots have a defense that I would say is at least on par with Buffalo's. And certainly you can make it, they were better last year and you can make the argument that they may be better again uh, this year, depending on how Buffalo's additions do uh, and, and how much they feel the loss of Lorenzo Alexander. So yeah, you add, even people are distant saying, Oh, he can't stay healthy. He can't do this. He can't do that. Last, last year he played two games and, and he struggled with injury. And as Scott said, you know, he is getting older. He's 31 now uh, time will tend to be an enemy, but he could be Tom Brady and play another 12 seasons because uh, Tom Brady is still playing at, I believe, the age of 40, about 43 now, something like that. So I all all Cam has to do is be, you know, the slightly better than league average quarterback he was literally the season before last season, and you add him to that offense and you keep that uh, top-notch New England defense together – this will be a battle for the Bills, and it's and New England won't have the big asterisk of having to depend on Jared Stidham developing into a guy uh, that, that can lead an offense. They have a guy who's proven he can lead an offense, and even if, as we all hope as Bills fans, this is the twilight of his career, and uh, you know nagging injuries may force him into uh, retirement not too far down the road. It's still he he still is you know at this point in his career a better quarterback than Josh Allen. And we certainly all hope that changes in the 2020 season when we say, Oh, Josh Allen is now the better quarterback, but you know, that's simply not the reality of, of today in July of 2020. So we'll see how, see how it develops. But like Scott, I'm thinking this definitely tips the scales a bit toward uh, new England's favor, whether we want it or not. Well, why don't we uh, discuss that more? when we get to wacky schedule because there's a chance that we might have to reconsider the cam newton effect on 
football games. I have no idea if we're playing New England this, in this quartet of games, uh, but we can do it then. Let's get to this day in Bill's headlines yeah, uh, uh, because that that's fun. And then we have wacky schedule and the Washington team name discussion coming up. Uh, I haven't found anything, so I think we'll end up with wacky schedule, guys. Yep, and we uh, ended up talking about COVID for almost half an hour. So yeah, we we killed. So we yeah, we're yeah. good there. So, so let's <laughs> get into these headlines. Yeah. Sure. All right. This day in Bill's headlines. Uh, this is July 12th. We've got 10 headlines as usual. Uh, the last one will transition nicely into our next topic. So let's let's roll. So July 12th, 2017. Time to send a message with blank. He said after he was drafted by the Bills that he had learned from his solicitation arrest, but taking a gun to a water park would indicate that does not appear to be the case. It's baffling why Blank would even pack a gun with his towel and sunscreen, and even more puzzling why he would allegedly display a gun while sitting in his car just feet away from police officers. I'll see if you guys can remember this player and incident before I start dropping hints about who the player is. Was this, was this, was this Marcel? was not marcel no he didn't have solicitation arrest i don't think marcel's issues tended to be with uh remember he was engaged so he definitely didn't solicit anybody yes football players are notoriously loyal yeah they're very high fidelity sports sports athletes in general they are the john Um, who had a solicitation thing i remember the the gun at the water park thing but i don't remember i thought it was somebody Maybe this is a uh, he played what for year the was it again? This was 2017. He was right. a uh, 2016 third round draft pick of the Bills out of this, this. So yep. 20. Sorry, I'm gonna try and reason it out here. Yep. 2016, Paul or Scott. That's that's um, Rex Ryan, right? Yeah. So you could know. this be could this be Carlos Williams? Could be, but it's in. It's not. It's not. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Third rounder. I'll give you the hint. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint at least. It's the other side of the ball. It's the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Uh, let's see. Played for the Bills for three seasons: 16, 17, and 18. Played some of 2018. He was cut very early in 2018. Latched on with the Bengals, and that was the last time he played in the league. Hmm. He's literally cut after one game in 2018. Defensive lineman. He was a D lineman. Ohio so he would have State been on the college. Would you say Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Ohio um, State. Um, Adolphus Washington? Adolphus Washington. Yeah. I feel, I try and give the college last Good now. Because I feel like if I give the college, it sets that trigger <laughs> off for Scott. Well, you're, yeah, you're just like Ohio State. So, all right, good. This will be a tougher one, but it's definitely a gettable one. We're going to go back to 2012 on this one. Um, injury, re- injury and release motivated Blank to prove self with Bills. This player says, I was disappointed in the fact that I was released and definitely wanted to go out and show the Packers as well as show myself and anybody else who doubted me that I, I'm still who I am. I'm still here to play football. I love the game, etc., etc." This was a... 2003 round one pick of the Packers, and he played with that team through the 2010 season. He was released by the Packers before 2011, and he signed a three-year $12 million deal with the Bills on July 31st of 2011. I'm going to say Aaron Barrett. He you are. Packer. 
you you are I know you are thinking of the right person, which is what made Nick Barnett. The Nationals Nick reliever. Barnett. Nick Barnett. There you Aaron go. Barrett. Oh no, the bear. Oh no, I was thinking. Of, right, I'm thinking that's, of a that's, that's, Washington that's, reliever. That's, yes, I was confident in which he said Aaron Barrett. Look, man, we're packing to make a move, and Aaron Barrett and Nick Barnett got put into the same part of my box. They got put into the same box. I'm sorry, guys. As we get older, that the parts of the brain, it's like, well, we know it's a Barrett name, and it's, you know, and then, yeah. Right. So it's like, he's an Aaron Barrett. Like, he's there. Good job, man. Frank. All right. All right. 2011. Bill's going all in on blank is act of desperation. This is from a... Former Bill Bucky Brooks article for NFL.com. He said the Buffalo Bills are desperate to rebuild their defense into a credible unit that allows them to compete with the heavyweights in their division, but pinning their hopes on a star with a flickering flame might not be enough to lead the charge back to respectability. 2011. 2011 guy they signed to a two-year incentive-based deal. It says that could average $9.25 million annually. Really? Yeah, Bucky Brooks got mad about an incentive deal for two years? Yeah. Uh, uh, this and is only, Sean Merriman. Sean Merriman. I thought it was Sean yeah. Merriman. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to think. I was like, it's lights out. I was thinking lights out, and I was like, okay. All right. Guys are on a roll. All right. 2009. Can blank remaster right tackle? It was something that after the draft, they called me and said, hey, we're going to make a move to Langston at left tackle and you at right tackle. I told them, hey, if they want me to move to field goal kicker, then that's what I'm willing to do. I believe in what Coach Duran has to say, even though we haven't made the playoffs since I've been here, blah, blah, blah. So um, this is a 2006 fifth round pick, and he retired at the end of this season, end of the 2009 season, to pursue a career in politics. This is going to piss me off because, like, I can kind of sort of I remember reading about the guy going to Congress or he's a staffer or something. And so this is the this is the the Walker Walker and Dockery, right? Yeah, this is the Walker Dockery year after right after they've traded Jason Peters. I am uh, legally obligated by Bills and Beers. Uh, to pass along the reminder that he was a classmate of Jam and Jeff Days at Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management uh, after retirement. Oh, well, that clears it right up. Uh, no, yeah, I, I remember I, I remember him running too, Scott, and being like, I'm a... Such he was a conservative, yeah. yeah. Center was Eric Wood, probably right, early yeah, on. And Levitra was one of the guards. So oh, got so Levitra was at left, Dockery is at right, guard. God damn, it's always the fucking right tackle. <laughs> Why do I get everybody else? Yeah, I guess because that's always the Benny Andersons of the world that we forget. This is not Benny. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's before Jordan Mills, right? Yep. He worked for uh, Kemp Partners, which is Jack Kemp's old organization. Shit. So it's after Mike Gandy. After Mike, just after Mike Gandy, I believe. Let me take a look at Gandy. Positive. Let's see if I can. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm. It's like I'm never going to get a lineman almost anyway. So I mean, but he was a left tackle before. It's UVA. By the way, was the college. UVA. Yep. Shit. Started. Brad Butler. Brad Butler. Yes. 
Ew. There it is, the college. Again, just like I named the college in that part of the brain. Just Jeez. for Scott. That is weird. That is weird. I would not have expected me to get the college <laughs> for that. That was the straw that broke it, I guess. All right. All right. We're, we're four for four and really only hints needed on two of these. All right. 2006. Bills fans, don't hold your breath for blank. Says the biggest reason the bills are that's being everybody. That's, yeah, that's yeah. everybody. There's literally anything. For the next this is any player fits that. And what, of course, is going to be complicated is this is guy who never actually played for the bills, um, which I'll explain. That it, uh, the article says the biggest reason the bills are being disrespected is their glaring uncertainty at quarterback. League observers don't have a lot of confidence in J.P. Lossman, Kelly Holcomb, or Craig Nall. So why are they talking about this guy? Because he was a he was the college football star at the time, arguably a Heisman finalist in 06, um, if that helps, before I go on to things like colleges and other things. Okay, so he doesn't play for the Bills. Doesn't play for the Bills, doesn't even play in the NFL at this point. So is, is, is like the article, like, even if you draft him, it's not going to help? Yeah, yeah. Or, well, you know, he's going to be drafted. Well, but the draft would already have happened, right? Well, he was he still was still in college at this point. So he would oh, be so drafted he's a guy in two thousand. Yeah, he was drafted in two thousand and seven, <laughs> the next season in round one, uh twenty second pick overall. So they're saying like even though this guy would help the team, it's unlikely that he'll end up in Buffalo. It's unlikely, yeah, and they outlined some reasons. Okay. Yeah, so then it's, it's probably I'm trying to think I was trying to decide like, is it a quarterback that they're saying don't do this, yep. or is it an offensive player that's like doesn't want to come so here because he, he, he doesn't want a quarterback. To, right. Okay. So, so we're looking at like Matt Barkley. No, when they he would in fact did right. Um, so he was a backup at SC, so he he wouldn't even have played that much. Right. Um, <clears throat> but maybe like because it was Palmer and then Leinart and then I kind of want to maybe Leinart. I don't know. No, he was. David no. Booty, was the, the Booty guy, was next. He was in there. Yeah, John David Booty. Why do we know all the SC quarterbacks? Yeah, hey, boy, you guys are big into USC. Because well, they're always like, well, John David Booty did nothing, and then all of a sudden. Because they always turn January. into, yeah. It's like, oh, he's uh, got to be taken first. If I give the team Rose that drafted him, I think it could really help. He was drafted 2007, by. 2007, was that, was it? Hold on. Come on, we can do 2007. So 2007 is after Lossman. So it's not Rodgers. It's not Roethlisberger. It's not Manning. Yeah, but 07 is the year that uh, Edwards actually usurped loss when his starting QB. Okay. I feel like I feel like Vince Young was 08 because I feel like that was the 08 Rose Bowl was the classic. That Texas was that was a great football game. I mean, and I don't watch college football, but that was a hell of a game. That was that was an all time. Um, so it would have been before Vince Young's year. Although Vince Young would fit the. He, he, would, he, well, he played for the Bills. Vince Young, remember? The, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. Okay. All right. Definitely a guy. You you know this guy. It's not. Uh, I'll, I'll give this hint, which doesn't necessarily give it away. It, among his few NFL highlights, he did outduel Trent Edwards in a very frustrating Bills Monday Night Football. Loss. Oh, it's that fucking college. It's that fucking Cleveland game. Yeah, Johnny Manziel. No, Manziel never beat the Bills. No, 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 no. This is like way. This is Edwards earlier. And oh, it's it Clawson, Jimmy Clawson. No, no, no. But you're the right. You're at the right college. Who's the other? Notre Dame. Dame quarterback that sucked. <laughs> sucked balls. Uh, they're all terrible. Um, no, oh, I should know this. Why did Brown Jimmy play Clawson. with the Chiefs in 2012? He was also with the Broncos, Rams, Jets, and Dolphins, but never played for any of those teams. So mainly Browns and Chiefs is where you'd know him as a player. 
but yeah, Notre Dame Fighting Irish is where you would all definitely know. How do I not know who this is? This is annoying. I have my mind is blanking. Wow. This is not the one I thought was going to stump you guys. This You're going to say it and I'm going to I'm going to be so mad. All right. He, with yeah, a career record yeah. of 4 16, it is Brady Quinn. Oh, Brady Quinn. <laughs> Fucking wow, Brady. you got you, yeah, Dick Brady Barnett, Quinn was not Dick Barnett Brad Butler, you knocked those out like nothing. <laughs> Brady Quinn was held us up. All right. <sighs> now, the good news is I wasn't sure about you guys with this next one, but my instincts have proven very wrong on everything so far. Okay. 2001, Bill's release blank. That's it. No, I'm kidding. All right. The rest of the hints. Uh, there has been speculation last winter that Blank would leave uh, would leave as the Bills work to trim millions together under the salary cap. But Blank, who signed a five-year, $12.5 million extension in 1998, reportedly agreed to a $600,000 pay cut. Um, Tom Donahoe says this has been one of our most difficult decisions to make. He did land this player in Buffalo West in 2001, which was the then San Diego Chargers, where John Butler had gone and taken a ton of Bills with him. Um, he then did his career in Atlanta in 2002. He was a tackling machine, 133 tackles in 1998 and 21 in the wild card game against the Dolphins, 116 in 1999, including 63 unassisted and 22 tackles against Tennessee in the uh, home run throwback game, and then 165 combined tackles in 2000. But he was Which is all the way to say he's a linebacker, obviously, based on that number yeah. of tackles. <laughs> He was cut in in the summer after 2000. Summer after 2001. So before the, the before the 01 season. Yes, and he was he played against the Bills in that game where so I had the I had like the 01 or <clears throat> 02 Madden. So that makes me think that this is not Sam Rogers or Sam Coward. Mm. Nope. Because they were still on the team in 02. A team teammate of Sam Rogers. <clears throat> Sam Coward as well at one point, I believe. I'll double check. Sure. Make sure um, at the same time. Yep. Teammate of Cowards for four seasons and teammates of Rogers. I think it was teammates of Rogers for more than that because Rogers also went to yeah, Rogers went to San Diego in two thousand one as well. So two of two of San Diego's linebackers were former Buffalo linebackers. I don't think I got it. I don't think so either. All right. This was a tougher one. John Holosek. Yeah, I wasn't going to get John Holosek. And well played, John. I'm glad you had such a nice career, but yeah. not so All right. much. This is, this is a little sad, but it's, uh, you know, it happens. 1998, former Packer Blank dead at 60. Um, Blank, a running back who played nine years for the Packers and a longtime assistant coach with the Rams, Oilers, and Buffalo Bills, died Friday in a hospital in Buffalo, New York. He was 60. He'd been on medical leave from the Bills since being given a diagnosis of abdominal cancer. Um, he became the first player to rush for a touchdown in the Super Bowl in 1967 when he scored against Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he substituted for Marv Levy as head coach of the Bills for three games in 1995. And then the last hint, his elder son, Ron, was an NFL defensive back between 1985 and 1990 with the Bills and Packers and is currently a sportscaster for CBS Sports Network. Uh, it's a tough one. I think it's a name you might know, but Vince Vaughn. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, that's a good one. Clay Pigeon, Vince Vaughn. I don't know why I chose um, that. All Vince Vaughn movies. 
Uh, very biblical first name. And by very biblical, Moses. I mean, I don't know of anyone named yeah. this in my day-to-day life. Hmm. Aesop. Aesop. <laughs> the famous uh, Aesop Pitts. No, it's actually Elijah Pitts. Uh, Elijah Pitts. Good old Elijah Pitts. All right, this one, this one's a, we're getting back on the winning track. 1991. Okay. Blank, trying to return home, former Pro Bowler hoping to join New England. After 13 years in the NFL, Blank will try to come home Saturday, according to the Boston Globe. Blank, the nose tackle from Walden, Massachusetts, who spent 12 seasons terrorizing New England Patriots while playing for the Buffalo Bills before moving to the San Francisco 49ers as a plan B free agent last year, will be in camp to take a physical and run through a series of drills from New England's coaching staff. And in fact, he did play for the Patriots for 1991 and 1992. Nose tackle. Nose tackle Um, of 13 years for the Bills, several Pro Bowls for the Bills, Part of that division-winning 1988 team made some key plays for them. How many I know Pro this Bowls? one. Come on, Frank. This is, Fourth, this is five-time Pro Bowler with the Bills and a one-time All-Pro. Jeff, right? It was Jeff. Um... No, no, this is the guy before Jeff, right? Jeff Wright took over his starting Jeff spot. Wright, who's I was thinking of. Oh, crap. 153 games for the Bills. Still active on social media. Uh... Malin Ackerman. Crazy, not crazy. Well known for his mustache. Fred Smurlis. Fred Smurlis. There you That's go. Thank you. Thank you. Fred. Fred was a little before my time as a football fan. I mean, like he, like I just tuned in right at, at the right. end. Right. I was. I was near the end as well. I started yeah. watching football in like '87 in terms of watching yeah. regularly. So I had his last three seasons. So I kind of remember that. All right, 1990. Bill's top three tight ends still without contracts. Uh, it says that's the dilemma facing the Buffalo Bills two weeks before they open at Fredonia State College. The only tight end they have under contract is Rich Geshevitz, who has never played for the team nor starred an NFL game. And my sidebar on this, uh, fun fact, at a pep rally before my high school's big game against our arch rival uh, during my freshman year, 1992, Rich Geshevitz uh, was my high school's tight end coach at that time and gave our pep talk. Um, but anyway, Bill's top three tight ends still without contracts. Name those top three tight ends. So Pete Metzelars. Metzelars is one. Um, Robert Royal. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was one of them named Kevin? No, you're you're on the right track with the, the, the K, K name. K Gun. The K Gun offense was actually named after this player, not Jim Kelly, which few she, people. Oh, um, uh, Keller. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. What if he were Irish? Mikel- oh, uh, Keith McKellar. Keith McKellar, yeah. Right, yes, McKellar. And the last so, one, I remember yeah. this one. This will be tougher for you guys, but he had a notable streak that I think is still the record. He had 10 consecutive catches for a touchdown, none of which were longer than three yards. So he caught 10 straight passes between 1987 and 1990. All of them were touchdowns of one, two, or three yards. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to get this one. All right, no. it is uh, Butch Roll. Butch Wait, Roll, okay, yeah. Good you say that name, I remember it, yeah. Yep. All right, and the last one, and this one is going to lead very nicely into our uh, our next segment here. Um, it says, Washington ready, ready and willing to trade unhappy blank. Uh, it says, unable to come to an agreement with disgruntled free safety blank. Washington has decided to trade him, Coach Joe Gibbs said yesterday, blah, blah, blah. 
Although Blank and his agent, Donald Dell, were unavailable for comment, it was learned that the Buffalo Bills have expressed interest in Blank, an eight-year NFL veteran who grew up in suburban Buffalo, uh, Fulton, New York, and and then grew up in Clarence, uh, and then went to Colgate. Uh, It says Bills GM Terry Bledsoe and Washington GM Bobby Beathard talked about him recently but would not give details. Uh, This was an all-pro, an NFL interception leader in 1983, but he never did play for the Bills or ever again in the NFL, and I was unable to find out why. But here's the hints that might get you there. Um, after his career, he moved back to Hamilton, New York, to become the athletic director at Colgate University uh, from the early 90s till 2003, then moved to Evanston, Illinois, to serve as the athletic director at Northwestern. And then on December 3rd of 2007, he was announced as the new Green Bay Packers president and CEO. And that is a position he still holds to this day. And on February 6, 2011, Green Bay won Super Bowl 20, 35, 45, whatever. Yeah, 45, giving him his second Super Bowl victory. Scott? Is that Ted Thompson? Oh, yes, he's the, he has a position with the Packers too, right? And this guy also has an alliterative name. Uh, Yes, so he, um, yeah, so Ted Thompson was the GM of the Packers for 11 seasons under this guy, who's the president and CEO. Mike Montgomery? Oh, you no, got the, the right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I'll give this away because I want to get to this. Peter story. Parker. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Banner. Marty Richards. Have, Sue Storm. <laughs> it's, uh, you could, these are a lot of good common names. The common name we're looking for is uh, Mark Murphy. That Mark son Murphy. of a bitch, Mark Murphy. Yep. Um, and the reason I wanted to mention this is to close on because this will transition nicely into the uh, Washington has always been a trash organization story. Uh, Love that story. Yep. They were asking about his career with Washington on uh, an article for The Athletic two years ago. And it <sighs> says, I need to tell you how I became a member of Washington. I had some scouts come around before the draft. You didn't have the email Kuipers or experts on the draft. I had no idea where I'd be drafted um, or whether I'd be drafted. So the day of the draft, I get a call from Washington's George Allen, who is the head coach, said, mm-hmm. we really like you. We want to draft you. We're going to get you on a plane ticket. We're going to get you a plane ticket and fly you down and have a press conference to announce it. He thought, oh, this is unbelievable. This is great. They fly me down and put me up at a hotel. Says it wasn't as easy to file the draft then. It wouldn't even be on TV for a few more years. Uh, Washington had one pick the first day. They didn't pick him. Uh, so we got up early the next day thinking there would be an announcement at the practice facility but instead they had a van waiting outside for five or six people they put them in a van gave everyone a tour of downtown dc uh and they said but what about the draft so why he says washington had no intention of drafting me they were hiding me out four or five other teams had been calling back to my apartment and trying to sign me my girlfriend at the time my wife now couldn't get in touch with me because washington had given the marriott where i was staying instructions that there was no mark (laughs) there Nobody could get in touch with me. So George Allen looks at me and says, the draft just ended. You weren't selected. We really like you. Why don't you sign this contract? Then he turned to his assistant and said, if Mark doesn't sign that contract, let's get that safety from Oklahoma we like so much. says, I knew they like what Washington had done done to me, but they certainly showed interest. So yeah, that is is Washington. You know, hit the guy away. Something else. Yep. So that's how Mark Murphy entered the... NFL. He also was uh, a trial attorney at the DOJ for four years. So he's he's done it all. But for the last 14 seasons, he's been the, the Packers president after his unceremonious entrance to the league through the Washington Football Club. And that was the stay in Bill's yeah. headlines. Long edition. 
uh, July 12th. Do we want to uh, do we? Yeah, let's do it. OK, let's just jump right into the Washington football name and then we'll finish with wacky schedule uh, and then we'll get out of here. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I, it must be six or eight years ago that they 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 won their uh, suit at the Supreme Court in conjunction with the the slants. No, it wasn't even six or eight years ago. So it was like two years ago um, saying, that you know, the Washington and this is the last time I'll say it, Redskins. Um, name was entitled to trademark protection, that there was First Amendment concerns about whether it could be um, barred or not. Um, And they were sort of told, like, you know, yes, it doesn't have to. Or yes, you can have that as a registered trademark. And it has come under scrutiny for its uh, racist origin and its racist uh, present. Um, and, you know, and, uh, and now in, in, in the wake of, um, I'm sure all of you know, you've all participated in popular culture. Uh, it is a, is a, is a revival of, of eliminating some racist stuff from our society. We're, we're, we're purging the racism closet here in America. You know, like last time we threw out some racist stuff, we just like, weren't ready to throw out all of it. This time we've thrown out some more and the Redskins once again are on the block. So here in Alexandria, we finally got rid of some statues. Oh, yeah. Apatomics is gone, Scott. I don't know if, they, if that made it to the UK, but the, uh, yeah. the the southern facing statue in Alexandria is 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 all gone. Um, and and the Washington football name is now um, after FedEx, the largest sponsor of the of the stadium there uh, was like, we're kind of sick of this. And three of the minority owners are like, we're not happy with this um there is now a uh the name is being taken under advisement again so on the surface that sounds like maybe nothing um but i think all indications are that when they say that what they're saying is basically they're trying to figure out what the what name is going to be suitable for the football team going forward i think that's basically the only thing they're it is and i am live i'm following live on twitter just because this name will probably be out by the time we uh publish this podcast and still as of 5 16 p.m eastern daylight savings time in the u.s uh, on july 12th no new name yet Okay, and stuff like the Red Tails and the Warriors. Um, Red Wolves has been thrown Red around. Red Wolves, stuff that would allow them to keep their burgundy and gold. Um, and then specifically with the Warriors, they had a they had a um, what amounts to like an arrow or a, like a spearhead logo for a, a few years. Um, that you know, with the Warriors, you could use that. But Paul, uh, as the only DC resident technically here, give <laughs> us your thoughts on this, and then we'll we'll swing back around to Scott, and then he can just jump right into wacky schedule when he's done. Yep. And I'll, I'll be short since we got wacky schedule to go. And that tends to be a longer segment. Uh, in short, I, I agree with the name change. The logic I use is to throw all politics aside and just say, would I be comfortable going up to someone uh, of Native American heritage and saying, hey, so Joe, as a blank, blah, 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 blah. And I would not. I would say Joe is a Native American. Joe is a North American Indian. Joe is a member of the Iroquois tribe, whatever it happened to be. Um, I could say that. I could not imagine going up to someone saying, Joe, as a, and then using that, that R word uh, that I've now purged from my vocabulary, um, because I feel that would be disrespectful. It, it, Chris Rock had jokes about this from 30 years ago. This is, this is an issue that's, that's <clears throat> gone on for a while. It's time to change. I fully acknowledged on Twitter when I talked to people about this, 
maybe someday the Bills end up changing their name because of the complicated history of Native Americans that Buffalo Bill Cody has. Um, and some of you guys interacted with me on a name change. So uh, thank you for that. Um, you know, so yeah, I think this was the right decision. I think people will complain about it for a few weeks and then they will go back to the same way we talk about the Washington Wizards, where no one complains about them being the Washington Wizards and not the Bullets. Right. There's still there's always somebody complaining. Oh, about yeah, there will always be. But, but I think it'll. I yeah. think generations from now will be like, oh, my Lord, you seriously called a football named a football team after the tone of skin of, a, you know, uh, an ethnicity of people. It's Let's very. Yeah. Right. Oh, and just quickly, um, half of Oklahoma is still an Indian reservation, just sort of on topic. <laughs> that was also decided at the Supreme Court this week. Um, Scott, thoughts on that or the, just the <laughs> NFL name? Uh, yeah, someone did tell me that, uh, but I don't really know what that means. Um, I know it was like a subsidiary thing and another thing, but um, yeah, no, I mean it was probably it was probably about time uh, 50 years ago to change it. So God, they're they're getting around to it now. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to solve any of the other problems with that team. But uh, no, they within the last hour fired two of their player personnel guys. I see. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, that's because they're a terrible football team. Yes. Less so because yeah. of the the racism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, there'll still be plenty of uh, angry fans, I'm sure, in our general vicinity. But yeah, in a couple of years, when the team gets good again, suddenly those those the those team those things will not be will be forgotten quickly. I think so. This betrayal of our proud name, <laughs> proud racist name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, maybe maybe we should just make it an annual American thing where every spring we just do some spring cleaning of some racist heritage. And it's just like we don't even have to blame you anymore. OK, it's just time for this to go now. It's been sitting in the closet yeah. for too long. Yeah. You know what? It's the Atlanta Bravos. I'm sorry. It's just, the <laughs> you know, like it's like, you know, sorry, it's got to go. It's all right. We'll get something new. I'm sure you will come up with something new that's terrible eventually. Um, yeah. But uh, it's time for it to go. Um, OK, so let's let's wacky schedule, you know. OK, yes, we will get on with the wacky schedule. OK, um, I will avoid any long intros. Um, I will just say. For the game against the Titans, which I have listed as a home game, but who knows if that's true? Because um, <laughs> I'm not capable of, of, of writing these things down um, correctly. But let's just say that the Titans were missing a T. Where would we put that T in their name? Hmm. So they could be the Itans with the double T or the Itans or, yeah, wow. We, or the, oh, I've got my answer. So I, I you know. I can go first or second. Paul here. figured it out. Yeah, go yes. ahead, Paul. This is I don't know if I figured it out, uh, but this is this is going to be uh, my answer. Before you know, most of us were you know alive. Uh, you know, there was a a great baseball pitcher for the Washington. Uh, excuse me. I love me, how Paul. The, well, the, I just love how Paul's like, yeah, let's let's jump to this quickly because we we're obviously running late, and now he's going to take us down. Well, no, it's because it's Scott segment. I feel like. <laughs> Like when my segment's running long, I feel guilty. This is if Paul I going quickly, everybody. If segment to run long, I'll feel like I'm supporting my friend Scott. <laughs> 19 seasons with the Boston Red Sox all the way through 1982. He even guest starred on an episode of Cheers. He was the two-time ALERA leader 
uh, and a member of the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame. Uh, so in his honor uh, and any connections he may have to the state of Tennessee, don't know. We're going to name the Tennessee team after all-time great uh, Louis Tiant, and it will now be the Tennessee Tiants. No. No. Uh, that's, that's, that's taking away a T. We're adding a T. And we no, no, it's, it's taking the first, it takes that second T in Titans and moves it after the, the N. So Okay, but I think Scott's now saying we're just like adding a T into Tennessee Titans. Yes. And I'm, oh, I mean, it's not at this point, I'm hoping it's the Tennessee Titans, but it's probably not. No, uh, it's not the Tennessee Titans. How about the, the how Tennessee about the, oh, go ahead. Titans? Titans. Titans. And, and what would a Titans? Which is going to be the name of my next screenplay, where the Tennessee Titans have been replaced by giant six foot tall ants. Oh, oh Titanic right. ants. Right. Are you worried about it being too derivative of the you know old movie uh, <laughs> ants from whenever that was? No, no it's obviously giant four ants. Them, I believe, is the is the. Giant. Right. That's right. It was called them. I'm sorry. It wasn't called ants. No, these ants, uh, as everyone knows, ants uh, can communicate with a sophisticated set of pheromones. They are quite willing to play certain roles. Um, they obviously um, will have to play by the rules, so they will be there will be no biting from the. And I'm going to make them like maybe like four or five feet tall, because as we all know, ants have kind of like ant strength. You know, we'll go Hank Pym kind of Absolutely. ants here, where the ants right. are proportional are, strength are, of an ant. Exactly. Um, so, you know, they're not going to be like if they were six feet tall, that the ants would kind of wipe the floor with the bills. But I'm going to say, like, they're not going to be as good at passing. I'm not sure that the ants are. I mean, they're going to have six legs. so They're going to be pretty fast. Um, but I don't know if they're going to have like, I don't know. I mean, full, full, full of football players playing against a bunch of four foot ants. I mean, the ants are going to have the six arms, but no biting. That would be a penalty if they bit anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna do it a lot without getting caught. But that's that's my take. I mean, look at the All number right, one. Well, Bills get to bite back then. Bills get to bite back. You really watch eleven biting ants? Yeah. All right, go go ahead. Uh, and then, uh, and then no ant like they can't like they can't like make like ant bridges or anything. Like they can't, you know, like combine into a super mecha ant, which they can do like a little bit in real life anthood. Because it's the same thing where it's like you can't use another player to vault yourself up. So right. that's a 15-yard foul if they do that. So that's not cool either. So, right. all right. So uh, I'm going to throw this one over to uh, to Paul, uh, and he can he can discuss Bills versus Titans. Yeah, and I won't be too long on this because I, <clears> just <throat> three words on this. Unstoppable ground game. Like how... <laughs> How and the Bills have a great defense, but we are talking about reasonably so, like huge. And ants have isn't there? And they reference this in the movie Them from 1954. They're mm-hmm, able mm-hmm. to lift like something like 300 times their body weight. You could have, you could have AJ Epinesa, you could have Jerry Hughes, you could have Harrison Phillips jump on top of one, and that Titan is just going to be like, oh, did a speck of dust just hit my back? I'm just going to keep going. Like, I think your best shot is ball control. Try and strip them. But honestly, if you're a tight hand, you're probably going to hold it in the middle leg near your abdomen or, you know, maybe one of your back legs where it's not as easy to, to access. I just 
don't foresee how they're going to be able to stop them offensively. I haven't really analyzed this too much from a defensive perspective other than I think it's very easy to get away with holding because referees are going to try and be looking at uh, 66 legs uh, on the defensive side of the ball and you can't possibly keep an eye on 66 legs and what they're doing. I'm going to say the Titans, you know, blow out the bills in this one. Unfortunately, I'm going to say 49 to 13. Two quick questions. You're only allowed 11 ants on the field at a time, correct? Correct. And and can you remind me how big they are again for the size of the we're ants? Gonna put them at, we're going to put them at three and a half or four feet. We're going to say four. Let's call them four-foot ants. Yeah. So I'm going to say they're going to be, let's say Paul's, you know, taking Paul's into account. Even even then, I'd say they're probably 7,500-pound ants. They're, they're, they're big ants. They're, they're not – I mean, Henry's – He's 50 pounds. He's almost four feet tall. Mm-hmm. So they're probably, yeah, they're about, maybe they're 60 pounds. But again, with the strength of ants. So. Right. And I did look yeah. up the official scientific number. It is uh, 5,000 times their body weight. So you said 60 pounds, Scott. Was there 65? Yeah. So yeah. 60 pounds times one, two, three, four. That is 300,000 pounds. They, they well, play. it's funny that you bring up hank pym because pym of course didn't just make himself smaller as ant-man he had his his time as giant man too where he made himself bigger and part of that is you know as you get bigger um burn more calories you not that you just burn more calories but it's the your own body weight um adds exponentially so he could only ever get so big because right. then he would begin to collapse under his own weight. So I'm sure. thinking that, that that strength, Paul, doesn't scale the same way. Right. I think that they're not going to be that strong. Uh, I'd like to point out they don't have hands. Um, and I think that could be a problem. Could be a problem. Um, and I think three or four foot ants, uh, here, here's the sad thing. Uh, we are vicious with our insects. And I could definitely see taking some 15 yard penalties if it meant <laughs> smashing some ants with some helmets and you know and some giant newspapers sorry it's kind of gross but i think that the bills just literally step on some ants just, just and turn on foggers yeah I th- some raid yeah i think this game gets boring quick i think the, the final Titan, score titans is, did not see that coming folks no i think it's i think it's uh the final score is 60 to 6 um, you know, they get one accidental touchdown because as, as they're trying to figure stuff out, obviously can't kick a field goal, you know, so oh, 66, 60 to eight. I think that I think that what happens is um, the ants pretty vicious, but I think the, the bills are just going to, you know, take it to them. And I think it's going to I think it's going to be gross. I think it's going to be really gross. Yeah, gonna be a lot of, gonna, you're going to be picking ants off the floor. of. Uh, you mean picking ants out of your socks for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I had this one as a little closer. I had this one as Bills, Bills 35, Titans 31. Okay. I actually thought this would be a good game. We'd get, a, you know, like there'd be a little bit of scaling there. You know, I think, again, I think the, the ants, like they're going to be very disciplined. No penalties on the ant side. Um, they do go marching know. one by one. So <clears throat> they do. And then um, I think the Bills are going to have the advantage in the air game, though, because I don't think that the, the ants are going to have quite the coordination on the air game. Um, and I think I think I could see Stefan Dix being a big factor in this game. I think he gets behind some of the ants. And even with their, the, it's going to be it's good. We got Josh Allen. If we had like Russell Wilson back there, we'd be in trouble because he's going to have to throw through like forty pairs of ant hands. 
But right. I think Josh Allen with that overhead motion, I think he can get it over him. So, uh, okay. So Bills win that one. That's that's the answer. Uh, okay. This is I have the next game is at Chiefs. Pretty and sure it's, it's of course it's home. Yeah, it's home against the Chiefs. So I think I your think. schedule is exactly the inverse. What the fuck? And it yeah, was so at it's... Titans as well. I'm okay. looking right now. I think the UK. Okay. Is, I think they messed with you. I think they probably clearly have, this is yeah the Google UK thing is like away in the UK. I, I don't know. Yep. Who knows? Um. All right. So this is I guess a home game versus the Chiefs, which is not quite as cool as what I was thinking. But we will just go ahead and say the Bills get stick a spotted 24 points in the first 25 minutes of this game. Go. Similar right. to a certain playoff game last year between. You have to say teacher. that again because my daughter interrupted yeah. me. Sorry. That, that I'm, I'm going uh, to complain for uh, kid stuff. But yes, if you could repeat the, the scenario again. Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs, Bills. The Bills yes. go up 24 nothing. Right. In the first 25 minutes of the game. Right. Very similar to a certain playoff game last year. Right. They've involved the Texans. Every, every yes. right, exactly. Uh, and everything right. else is the same about the Chiefs and, and the, it's just, it's and the just, Bills. It's just the Chiefs and the Bills. So literally, the it's just like, can the Bills, if the if the Chiefs spotted the Bills twenty four points, could they win? And they only uh, had thirty five minutes to score. The, the, no, the, the, the Chiefs the, had thirty had thirty five minutes left. No, the final score is is thirty five twenty seven, Chiefs. <laughs> Oh, no, man. Actually, that's that's almost gonna, exactly what I was going to choose. They're going to lose this game. And and God bless them. It's OK, because we're just getting ready for the AFC championship game later this year. But no, I, I if if I am on one of those apps with the betting where you can make a bet in the middle of the game, yeah. I, I am like hitting the double down on the Chiefs at this point because <laughs> I'm betting the odds are, are good for me. So, yeah, no, I, yeah. I look the Chiefs are great. And like, come on, come on. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm largely similar to Frank. I don't even think the locale makes a big difference because again, there's not gonna be any fans in the stands anyway. Uh, in this realistic yet fictional scenario we've been presented, uh, so I'm gonna say the Bills do score not just three points but actually ten points. Uh, to go on to lose this, thirty-five to thirty-four. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but yes, you are correct. Yes, the Bills will still lose this game because I just don't <laughs> see it happening. I mean, if it was the Ravens, maybe because the Ravens don't quite have the explosion but the chiefs right. uh, that's that's a tough tough recipe um okay we'll go on to i apologize Alex. to the bills defense who is excellent and i feel bad that i mean but you know there's sorry. yeoman's effort to hold them to that 35 it really was there's the best best defense they will play the best game they'll play all year holding the 35 the chiefs will be like yeah we really had to work through that one mm-hmm. um as they go on to 16 and 0 um so i have the jets game next so yep. this one we're going to be switching quarterbacks. This is at the Jets, I guess. Yep. And uh, the quarterbacks will be switched to the same person, but from different times. What? Mm. On the Bills side, the Bills will be, their starting quarterback will not be Josh Allen, but instead the 2012 version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And on the Jets side, not Sam Darnold, but the 2015 version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and there is your match. The battle of the Fitzpatricks. I don't know if you guys know this. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Ah, I, little mm. known fact. 
little known fact. Anyway, we'll start with Paul on yeah, this yes, one. Yes, it's my turn on this one. So, oh, wow. I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick, no matter the year, is still the same quarterback. Yeah. Like, he seems ageless, which I mean is both an insult and <laughs> Has a not learned anything. Has, right. not, has not degraded physically at all. Right. Just the same. It's <laughs> the same. It's all time and space. Right. You could watch highlights of a game from one season and a game from another, uh, blur out the uniforms and have really no idea. You'd have to try and guess based on beard length what year it is. Uh, that's what I think you can do. So I think with that being the case, I think this is just a straight up game. Uh, I think being, you know, I again, I consider almost every game a neutral site game, even though this one is at MetLife Stadium, which I will still call the Meadowlands. Um, and I think the Bills are still a better team. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say good defensive battle generally. They shut down Allen pretty well, but I say the Bills win this 20 to 17. 20 to 17. That's right. Yeah, I think that they score more points, though, because right. I think that with him throwing it around the field, he's going to get more touchdowns and more picks. Uh, at both ends. So I, I want to say like 35, 30 bills, but I want to say that the, the trickier question would have been, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick newly off the bench to replace a quarterback transported to your team versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who's been starting for four or five weeks. And now there's a playoff spot on the line. Like that would have been the trickier question would have been like that. Like that's like the different, those are the different fits to is me. Is it though? You know? Is it that tricky? <laughs> I think we know what happens in both those situations. But you could put, you could have put like, you we know, put bench fits on the better team, right? On yeah. The Jets, and then right. Yeah, Fitzpatrick after he's been with your team for four games on the Bills. Yeah. Right. That's true. That would have been yeah. pretty interesting. But that uh, yeah. But we did not. So for no, and I would never, I would never tell you how Bills. to do this segment, obviously. So yeah, yeah I choose awesome. Bills in a higher scoring affair, right? Yes, no, I, the correct answer was yes, Bill's in a higher scoring affair. So we're we're right on there. And then uh, your last game as we approach Halloween is the Pats game. Uh, this is a home game, I guess, for the Bills. And in this game, the Bills have all been transformed into vampires. And the Patriots have been transformed into werewolves. So pick your... Uh, pick your oh, breaking uh, Dawn. Here we go. Well, I didn't know. If Twilight you know, fans. This is, if you're a Twilight fan, this exclusive. is what you've been waiting for. Kate Beckinsale Underworld is also a viable choice here for your. Oh, let's be honest. You were definitely doing a Breaking Dawn thing here. Okay. No, I was uh, definitely. My first thought there is Underworld. <laughs> I was watching a lot of the Kate Beckinsale movies when they came out in the late mm-hmm. 90s and early 2000s, Frank. Let's yeah. be serious. Okay. <laughs> I say we all. Because Robert Patterson sucks, and so does uh, Pouty McBitchface, whatever her name was. I shouldn't call her McBitchface, whatever. But, like, in every poster, like, she just looks, like, so unhappy. I don't know. I saw Anna Kendrick say, said she hated making those movies or something. But, like, she's rich. She so those movies? Yeah, she's, like, a friend of... Yeah, uh, secondary character. Yeah. She made a lot of money. My, so, Steve who you guys know, who's my best man in my, and he's in a band, right? And he, he, this is much more interesting. Because he than, did the, he did the soundtrack, he did Monsters off he that did, soundtrack. Right, he did one song on the soundtrack, and Susan's like, do you want to watch it with me? I go, I will watch it until I hear Steve's song. And she goes, okay. And Steve's song is like five minutes into the movie, and I'm like, yes, I'm out. <laughs> and it's just like, it's the best part of the movie, because Robert Patterson's getting out of this car, and the music's all cool, and then he, yeah, anyway. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Obviously, Halloween. Wait, what's the date? Paul, you go first, but I want to know the date of this game. Sure. Um, uh, I'll look it up. NFL okay, schedule. Yeah. I uh, the day we're Halloween season. That's all that matters. So, yeah. well, you um, think matters, but I have an idea. All this right. is this is appropriate. Uh, since this uh, self isolation, check the phase of the moon. That's what I'm doing. Since self isolation started, uh, I, I've often called myself a horror movie fan, uh, but I don't feel like I'd watched enough. So since we start quarantine, I have watched sixty. That is right, sixty wow. horror movies. Uh, the most recent of which was last night called uh, Waxwork with the great Zach Galligan of Gremlins fame and uh, Michelle Williams of Lambert on Rio fame uh, and some just some and John Reese Davies of every great series of movies like the Indiana Jones movies and the um, uh, Lord of the Rings movies and also from terrible trilogy, terrible films like the Anaconda uh, series. Anyway, uh, point being, waxwork features both vampires and werewolves. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of the Twilight thing. I'm not even gonna factor in Kate Beckinsale. It was probably an infant at this point. Well, a little bit older than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to base it on uh, waxwork. I think it it's easier to kill werewolves, and that's an advantage here. Um, but what the big the big issue for me with this game is, let me take a look at this. What is the time of this game? 1 p.m. Oh, I, I was gonna say I yep. think that we have to. Yeah. To, you can t- you can use this because Scott didn't stipulate it, but I think that we should move this to an evening game. It should be. This flex. is a flex game. Yes. Because obviously. I don't because otherwise nobody's on the field, and yes. you know so I think it just has to sort of be a night game. This is a flex to the nighttime. Yes. Yep. Um, I think vampires they're they're a little more resilient, a little more elusive, a little more difficult to kill, provided it is not. Uh, daylight. I think any symbols of crosses are going to have to be removed from the field, or else we're just going to also have no game. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, I think I, I like vampire. You got, you still got the bat transformative abilities. I'm sure going on for you. Um, you know, you don't want this turned into a biting contest because even though you have a pretty lethal bite, uh, the werewolves also have just a, a, an intensely lethal bite as well. I yeah. think just I think the the vampires' adaptability, in fact, ability to present themselves uh, is human in more universes than werewolves are regularly able to do. The werewolves are humans in a lot of different stories, uh, but sometimes once you're a werewolf, you can't go back. I don't know. Just so many factors to consider here that I could bounce off walls. I think inevitably vampires are more adaptable. And so I'm going to say the Bills win this one. You know, vampires are good at field goals. So let's say 18 <laughs> to 14. Vampires are good at field, goal, field goals is, was, the, was the Cure album that never got released. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, November 1st is a full moon. That oh, is definitely going to help the werewolves they're going to be at the peak of their strength um i think that depending on the werewolves and the vampires you pull out like you know you could say that they're evenly matched but i i'm going to go under the auspices that werewolves are just stronger i think they're going to be able to throw further they're going to be able to push off the line better um they're a little more aggressive you know like they're they're a little more animalistic so they're probably a little more willing to get in there and smash the way that vampires are going to be a little too cutesy for their own good um Mm. you know with their capes and their their pomp and their nonsense yeah 
And so, you know, to me, by the way, I, their tapes, their pomp and their nonsense, also an unreleased Cure album. It is. Yeah, <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> we've we've had two Cure albums just in one one game. This is this is this is the best game you've done so far, Scott. Um, and I think that I've always been annoyed that it's only crosses, by the way. It should be like all religious imagery. But anyway, um, especially in Buffy, where like half the cast is Jewish, like in canon. And it's like. <laughs> You know, like Willow should be able to show like a star of David and like the uh, anyway, um, for whatever reason, uh, I'm going to go with the werewolves, though. I think that the moon helps, you know, so I uh, also Bill Belichick. Let's be honest, like there's some point it's still a football game. Who is going to have spent? <laughs> who's going to have the spent the time to figure out vampire weaknesses? He, he, will, he will definitely have he've been taping the vampire practices and see. All, right, all I got to do is roll some garlic out on the field. Exactly. Who's going to set up some weird mirrors to make like reflections hard and like <laughs> tip the like we're going to have play you know, werewolves with silver tipped nails, you know? So I think that I'm going to go with the Patriots here. Um, you know, uh, I think Cam Newton as a werewolf is pretty cool. So that's what I'm doing. And I'll say 100 to 99. <laughs> okay. And I will take uh, and I will say the Bills. The Bills are the Ooh. big. Big vampire win. I think. I think Paul had it right. I think they're a little more, little more. Uh, I think I, I see a lot of penalties on the werewolves. Yeah, a lot of offsides game. on the wolves. Lack, can't lack call them all. You can't call them all. It's <laughs> gonna be a lot of personal fouls. Uh, I feel like the feel like the were the. I can hear uh, Mike like, Tirico complaining about it now. Going, oh, <laughs> this game. <laughs> isn't there a like rule that on late. defense you can't? Uh, call out noise while the other team is trying to like make their signals to confuse them, yes. and they'll just be howling nonstop. That's got to be a lot <laughs> yeah, exactly. sportsmanlike. Exactly. No, that's it's going to be tough, especially in a tight game, because I think that's the thing is if it's a tight game and those penalties kill you, it's you know the the, the wolves get a stop on fourth down, and then all of a sudden like you know one of them comes up and howls at the moon and you know rips off a vampire head. That's going to be 15 yards, and then it's a you know automatic first down, and then I think that's gonna that's where those field goal kicking vampires come into play there. So yeah, I, I see it as a, yeah, again, a high scoring game, you know, 52 to 49 or some such thing uh, with the vampire vampire bills in the lead. So, and that is your wacky schedule for, uh, for this, uh, this, mm. this, uh, this podcast. If you'd like to tell Scott and Paul how wrong they are, <laughs> you can do so on Twitter, MNY bills or facebook.com slash B bills, MNY uh, bbillsmny at gmail.com. If you'd like to just say something to us that we'll never read, send us the email. Um, you can find us on all your podcast and audio listening places, really, except for the ones that cost money. Uh, but you can just Google Buffalo Bills Podcast. We come up maybe next year. Have we done that in a while? Buffalo Bills Podcast. Let's see what page I come up on. Buffalo Bills. So I'm just Googling Buffalo Bills Podcast. This is a pastime of ours. Yep. Um, Bills and Beers, The Rock Power Report. Come on. Uh, shout slide bills wire. Yeah, we've really dropped here because we don't really maintain. You know why? Because we're only on anchor now. So that's probably like ruining our. Oh, the Buffalo. So don't do that. Google maybe next year Buffalo Bills and send this to your friends so that they can hear it too. Next time, uh, we will talk about. You know, next time we talk, they might have. There'll be there'll be training camp next time we talk. I was gonna say, like God willing, there will have been some football activity, uh, physical. 
and there will be probably more resolution on whether there's going to be a preseason and what the COVID plan will be for some of these places. Um, and we'll have a better sense of that. So maybe we'll be talking about football uh, a bit more. Uh, but if not, we'll talk about whatever. We hope you enjoyed. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.